Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Sometimes we just don't get everything out of it that we ought to. Myself, I've always been of the opinion that uh, as somebody said that you know we got to hurry up and get through it. Well, God wants it to get through us, not us to hurry up and get through it. <laughs> he wants it to get in us for us to hear it and understand it. And I think the only way you can do that is if you spend the time to really get what's there. I guess you can overdo it. I think one man spent about 25 years in the first half of the book of Isaiah or something, but we want to make sure that we get a lot out of this because this book is so rich and God has so much for us. Let's read uh, John chapter 7, and I want to read verses 40 to 52 or 53. 53. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to, wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search out and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. And so as we look at this section today, remember the last time we were here, we've been talking about all these things that Jesus 
chapter 7 about how he goes to the feast and he teaches and they marvel at his teaching and they are amazed and they just can't believe all the things that he has to say. And he speaks in such a manner, they say, well, how did he learn all this? He didn't go to school. It's kind of like a guy with a sixth grade education going and speaking at a big church and, and somebody saying, well, what seminary did he graduate from? What kind of Ph.D. does he have? You know, they said that about D.L. Moody. Somebody said one time he didn't speak very well, and they said, well, he murders the king's English, and he's not a very good speaker and something, and they said God's got a hold of that man, and when he speaks, people get touched by God. And that was what mattered, not how well you speak. Because all the men that Jesus picked, they were fishermen and common people. And the Bible says that not many mighty, not many great people are called, but He, but he chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And so God can use any of us to do His work. But Jesus is God, and so He, he knows the Scriptures. I'm sure He had to study them too because the Bible says He grew in, in stature and knowledge as he was a child, but here he is, he speaks in such a way that people marvel. And then he goes and tells them who he is and tells them he's going back to the Father. And then remember the last time we were here, he spoke about saying that he was the living water and that if anyone thirsts, out of him will flow rivers of living water. And we said that that living water is the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in John fourteen six, that He would send the Holy Spirit back. And He's the one that makes us a new creation. When we trust Christ, when we believe in Christ, God puts His Spirit in us. And He dwells within us. And because His Spirit is in us, He is the one that changes us. He is the one that makes us the new creation. He is the one that gives us the new want to, the new ability, new power, the new desire to live for God and do the things that we couldn't do, didn't want to do, or wouldn't do before we were saved. And so Jesus speaks about that and He says that not only would we be blessed by God, but we would be a blessing to other people because of what God does through us. And so as we look at this section of Scripture today, this is right after He's spoken at the feast and and He cries out on that last day. He spoke in the middle of the feast and then he waits to the end of the feast and he speaks about the Holy Spirit and it says, Therefore, verse 40, many from the crowd when they heard this say, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. It was kind of strange because when you look at the Old Testament Scriptures, it almost looks like in some ways... In one verse it says that Jesus will come. Let me give you an example of that. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. I just want to read that real quick if I can get there. In Luke chapter 4 verse 16, this is one of the sections where Jesus sits down in the temple and He reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's a, he, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, 
and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the next thing that he says is in, this is a quote out of Isaiah 61. Jesus doesn't read it because this doesn't happen the first time he comes. The first part happens. He heals people, blind, lame, brings them back from the dead. But the next time he comes and it says and he will bring judgment. And he doesn't do that the first time. And so the Jews were confused because a lot of times in the scripture there would be a verse that said that Jesus was going to be the suffering servant. But then in the next section, in the very next part of the verse, it would say that he was going to come back and bring wrath and judgment and vengeance on those who didn't trust him. And so people got to thinking, well, there was going to be two different people. One would be the prophet, one would be the Christ. And they thought all these people were different. And so they had, a, I think I heard at one time that the Jews said that there was going to be a Ben Joseph and a Ben Judah. The Ben Joseph would come as the suffering servant, and the Ben Judah would be the one who was the Christ, who would die, who would be the one who would come back for vengeance. And so they thought they were two different people, and so they were confused because they didn't really understand the scriptures. Because sometimes in the scriptures, there's a long valley of time in between one section and the very next section. And you couldn't really tell that in the Old Testament. Had they read their Old Testament and, and trusted Christ to help them understand it better, trusted God to help them understand it better, they would have understood that. But so one of, some of them think he's the prophet, the one that was going to be like Moses. And the others said this is the Christ, the one that's going to come back and be the judge. And he said, but some said, well, the Christ come out of Galilee. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? And so they just really don't understand because they didn't really look to see where Jesus was from. Remember a little while back, Jesus told them to judge righteously back a little further back in John chapter 7. Verse 24, he says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Jesus was saying, Look and examine and study for yourselves and see who I really am. And that's what I would say to you today. If you don't know Christ or you're not sure, I know that people teach a lot of different things in some of the churches, but the Bible says that Jesus was God in human flesh. He died on the cross. He died for our sins. There's only one way to get into heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. These people are confused and they're looking at all the external things. They're saying, did anybody come out of Galilee? So they're like, who is this guy? They're all confused. He says, has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So they knew where he was supposed to come from. But they really didn't examine to see where Jesus really came from. And it says in verse 43, So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. So this crowd is divided. And you know what? Just as this crowd was divided then, guess what? People are divided today, aren't they? I mean, everywhere you go, you you talk about Jesus and... People will 
say one thing, some people say another, some people hate Jesus, some people, you know, say they love Jesus, but then when you tell them about the Jesus of the Bible, then they tell you they that's not the Jesus they love, that's not the Jesus they like, but that's not the Jesus of the Bible, so that's not the one that's going to get them into heaven. You got to believe in the one that's in the Bible. And when you trust in Him, as He says, then He will save you. He will forgive you. And so many people today are divided. And most people have heard of Jesus. But they don't really understand who He is. Just like this crowd didn't understand who He is. And it's amazing to me that so many people think they're going to heaven because of Jesus or something that they think, good works or something they've done but the Bible says that you can't get there by good works so as these people were divided people are divided today we asked these people one day we said well have you heard of Jesus and they said yeah and they said well y'all going to heaven they said yeah and they said well well if we were to ask you how, how what were the entrance requirements or how do you get to heaven how would you say that you would get there and they said well we don't know That'd be like me telling you that I lived in Timbuktu. You ask me how to get there and I tell you why I don't know. I I don't know where I live, right? And so if you don't understand how to get there, you're definitely not going there. (laughs) That's true. You ever been on the highway and you think you know where you're going and you don't? You you can't get there from there, right? I know we took a trip uh, to the mountains and we were on the way back. We were coming back and... And me and my wife were like, I said, well, the map says this way. And she said, well, that's where Columbia's at, this way. And I think that's the way I'm supposed to go. I said, well, you go whichever way you want to. And I think she was afraid of upsetting me. I said, well, you just go. I said, you're better at directions than I am. I get lost in my own backyard. She went the way that I was thinking because that's what the map said. And we took about a four and a half hour trip out of the way. <laughs> We went all, we were headed to Atlanta. (laughs) We finally had to get off and then we went through all the country roads coming back home and it was like a scenic trip. We finally got there, but we would have never got there going the way we were going. And so you got to know the right directions and you got to know the right person. You know what they used to say at work, right? They say it's not what you know, but who you know. Well, guess what? That's the way it is with heaven. It's not what you know, it's who you know. If you don't know him and he don't know you, you're not going to make it. These folks, they're confused and, and some of them want to take hold of him. They want to kill him, but no one laid hands on him. Nobody was able to lay hands on him because it was not his time. And then it says the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? Apparently, these Pharisees and priests sent people to arrest Jesus. Because remember, since chapter 5, they've been wanting to kill Him, right? They want to kill Him because He healed the man on the Sabbath because they're the highfalutin powers that be and everybody looked at them and then Jesus comes along. Guess what? Everybody's looking at Jesus now. They don't care about the Pharisees and the scribes. Because a lot of people are looking to Jesus, so they're losing their popularity, they're losing their power, and they don't like it, so they want to kill Jesus. And it's amazing, even religious folks are willing to do that. Remember I noticed I said religious folks. 
I didn't say saved, folks. People that are saved live like Christ. But religious folks, they try to live like what the Bible says, but they're just doing it because they think it makes them look good. They, they say, why have you not brought him back? The officer said in verse 46, no man ever spoke like this. That's really the key verse in this whole section because everybody's divided, but guess what? These officers heard Jesus. They heard what He said. They heard Him say, when you trust Him, that your life will be different. That, that you will be blessed and you will be a blessing to others. That you will be saved and forgiven and changed and, and different. And maybe they heard what He said at the beginning of the time. And we don't know what all He taught. They just says that they marveled. But we can look back and see all the other things that Jesus had said. Maybe said them again. He said He was God. He said He'd come down from heaven. He said He was going back to heaven. He said that He was the bread of life. That if you partook of Him, that, that you would go to heaven. If you that he, was the, that he would give the lady at the well the living water. He is that living water. That if you drank of Him, that you would never thirst again. That He was the all-satisfying Jesus. And so these people are like amazed. They're so amazed, they won't even lay hands on Him. I don't know whether they got saved or what happened. But all I know is they said, no man ever spoke like this. And, and they didn't because Jesus was God. He was the God-man. He was God in human flesh. And then the Pharisees, listen to what the Pharisees say, verse 47. Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in Him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. You know what he's really saying here? John is saying that the Pharisees are deceived, that the rulers ought to believe, and the rulers are accursed. Because see... They never were willing to look at Jesus for who He really is. And some people won't look at Jesus for who He really is. They made up the Jesus that they think that they believe in and they refused to look at the Jesus of the Bible. They decided that this was somebody that was a threat to their power, a threat to their popularity, and they didn't want anything to do with Him, so they did not search the Scriptures to see if these things be so. See, if you don't believe what I say, I'm trying to teach what this Bible says. It says in Acts 4 that, that they search the Scriptures to see if these things are so. If you don't believe what I say, and some of y'all may get confused sometimes because you may have been taught different at your church, but if you don't believe it, you go find you a big, large print Bible or something and you read them for yourself and you'll see that, that what I'm saying is true. And this Word is true. Jesus is true. But these Pharisees have been deceived. Many people today are deceived. Many people are accursed. And many people have not believed. I hope you don't fall into that category. Verse 50, Nicodemus. Notice he always says, He who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? 
See, Nicodemus was looking at the Old Testament Scriptures. And the Bible says to do what Jesus said over here in John chapter 7, verse 24. To judge righteously, to hear what a man says, to look at the witnesses, that only on the testimony of two or three witnesses shall a person be condemned. And they were not doing that. They decided they didn't like him. And, and they said, we're going to get rid of him. That's just pure out prejudice, right? I don't like you because of something that's different or I don't like or whatever. And I don't like you and I'm going to do everything I can to get, get over on you. That's what they were doing. And so Nicodemus says, does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? See, Nicodemus, I think, remember by the time Jesus is crucified, he dies on the cross. Who's one of the people that comes and gets Nicodemus? Comes and gets Jesus and buries him. It's Nicodemus, right? And Nicodemus is starting to really see Jesus for who he is. He came by night and he says, can a man be born again? He doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. But he's the ruler of the Jews. He is the highest authority. And he keeps watching and he keeps listening. And he keeps hearing what Jesus says. And he really listens and he really hears. And he finally gets it. But you've got to be willing to hear what the Bible says, what Jesus says. If you're not willing to hear it, you won't ever understand it. And then he says, They answered and said to him, are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. I mean, these people really blow my mind. They, they answer and they say, are you also from Galilee? In other words, Galilee was like a little podunk town. It was like nowhere land, right? It was one of these places where they felt like that nothing good came out of Galilee. And that what, uh, golly, what's the guy's name over there And in John chapter 1, he's sitting under the tree and Jesus comes to him and he says, I saw you sitting under the tree, Nathaniel. He says, can anything good come out of Galilee? <laughs> and, and that's basically what they're saying to Nicodemus. Are you also out of Galilee? Are you a sorry, no good for nothing, blah, 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 whatever you are? But you know, if they'd have read their scriptures... Guess who came out of, out of Galilee? Jonah came out of Galilee. Jonah was what? The one that Jesus said that Jonah was a picture of him, right? Because he was swallowed by the whale. He was in the whale and he, three days and he, and he came back out again. That was a picture of what Jesus was going to do. That he said he was in the belly of the whale for three days and then he came back out. That was a picture of Jesus dying being buried and resurrected because Jonah was as good as dead unless God told that whale to spit him back out. He told him to spit him back out and he spit him back out on the land. Jonah lived to tell the tale. He came out of Galilee and there were several other prophets that came out of Galilee but they didn't know their scriptures or else they just didn't care. That's the way it is today. We either don't know our scriptures or we just don't care. But Jesus is the real deal. He's the real thing. And I hope and pray that everyone here today 
has trusted Christ, has asked Him to forgive Him, asked Him to save Him. The Bible says that you must come as a little child. That means humbly. That you come as a humbly and just say, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me and save me. Remember the, the story about the, the uh, Pharisee and the tax collector? You know, tax collectors were despised. They were hated. They were the lowest of society. But the tax collector, he came and he said, wouldn't even look up to God, but he said, be merciful to me, God, a sinner. And he wouldn't even look up to heaven. But it said the Pharisee, he looked and he said, I thank God I'm not like other people. I tithe, I fast, I do this, I do that. And he said, I thank God I'm not like other people. He thought he was so good that that he was headed to heaven. But the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And so Jesus said that this man, this Pharisee, He went away and he's not saved. But the tax collector, even though he was the lowest man in society because he was hated because not only did he steal from and take from people, he worked with the Roman government and so he was hated. But the tax collector went away justified. He went away headed for heaven because of what he believed. And so that's the question for us. Are we willing to humble ourselves and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because so many people are not willing to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I want to go to heaven. That's hard to say, isn't it? It really is to think that we're not perfect. But none of us are. And if we think we are, we're like the Pharisees. And the Pharisees never made it to heaven. We have a a good group here this morning, some new folks. Glad to see y'all. Hope and pray that all of y'all know that you know that you know if you die today, you'd go to heaven. Because the Bible says in John chapter 20, what did he say? These things I have written. He wrote about these signs that you may know who Jesus is and believing you might have eternal life. And then in 1 John he says, these things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know you have eternal life. Because God promised... God doesn't lie, does He? Now, if I was promising you you could go to heaven, you'd be in trouble if you were dependent on me. But God is promising. And God says, you can listen to me, you can take it to the bank, and He says it, it's just as good as done. Because God can do everything He says He can. And so today... Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if you haven't, and thou shalt be saved. You can just cry out where you're at. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And He'll hear, and He'll answer. And you'll be headed to heaven. Now you've got to ask Him in such a manner that you're sorry for your sins, not just kind of cavalier, Oh God, if I've ever sinned, please forgive me. <laughs> but admit that you're a sinner. And say, forgive me. Father, we love You. We want to thank You for who You are. And we just ask today that You would be with all of us today, Lord. We love You. We thank You. We praise You for who You are. We ask that You would help somebody here if there's even one. There may not be anybody. I hope not that there's nobody here that's not trusted Christ. But if there's even one, I pray today that they would just cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me, a sinner. 
And you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Not might be, not hope so, but shall be. And so, Father, we love you today. We thank you for all you've done. And we just ask that you would be with us the rest of the day and help us to continue to glorify you and honor you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Trying to think of a good song. Why don't we sing number nine then since we're right there. What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.